tonight on the Midnight Train Podcast. And so that's when I was like, maybe I should grab her boob and while yeah. we're making out. That's cool. But I, I didn't because I... No didn't. way. Yeah. You made out with the rest. Cool. I did. I, I don't know if I believe it, though. Well, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't believe it either. No, I didn't. You know what would be awesome? Let's what? tell let's tell ghost stories. Ghost you know stories? Let's tell a ghost story about uh, haunted ghost ships. Do you guys know one? Uh, a ghost ship? Like, actually, you know what? I do know one. It all started way back when. So, long ago, there was this big cruise ship, and it was full of people. It was traveling to Hawaii. Right. And it was really a beautiful scenery, and they were all having sex. Oh, sweet! Yeah, they were all banging, like, 24-7. Yeah. They just couldn't stop having lots of sex. Yeah. All the guys were, like... Everybody ba- gets it? Yeah, all yeah, the guys everyone. were basically grabbing boobs, like, nonstop. And then, all of a sudden, someone gets murdered. Oh, no. And they need to try and figure out who did it. So, they're running around the ship, like, looking for, like, clues and all kinds of stuff, and they find blood and a knife. What? Yeah. And so they don't know what to do with this, so they just decide, they drop to the floor, all right. and they just decide to have sex. Oh, yeah, like a team. Yeah, like team sex. So they start banging each other, and they're like, well, oh, do we need to find the clues? Oh, wow. Yeah. And then they're like, well, no, let's just have sex. So he touches their boobs. Now, hold on a sec. Wait, 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 oh, wait, man. wait. It's all this, it, there's nothing scary about this. It's yeah. just a bunch of people on a boat having sex. No, That's there was a, a murder. Story. There was That's a murder. So stupid. But there was boob touching and sex, and then there was a murder. Yeah. Whatever. But actually, I, I have a story. All right. It's a pretty scary one about a ship. Oh, you know? I'm sure. And actually, it goes like this. All right. So it starts out on the old pirate seas where the captain, John Robin, is standing at the bow. What? He pulls out a little telescope. To find sex, right? Or boobs? So, when he looks into it, he can't really see where he's going, but the telescope magically points to whatever it is he wants. Where the boobs are. So then he lifts the telescope up, and it points northeast. This is... He decides to hoist the sails, and set sail to an uncharted area. This is exactly Pirates of the Caribbean, you dumbass. Oh, yeah, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, he's right, this, it is. Wait, it gets scary. Okay. So then they finally get to the island, and they find out that they're actually really dead when the moonlight appears. This is Pirates of the Caribbean. This is totally it's Pirates like of the Caribbean. It's a curse yeah, of a- the purple pig. No, of the Black Pearl, dumbass. This is Pirates of the Caribbean. Jesus. Yeah, whatever. It is. It totally was. My God. You guys you guys are morons. All right, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll do you one better. I know of this really cool podcast that actually tells really creepy stories about ghost ships, all right? Okay. What's a podcast? So here, get in close. Let me put it on the Bluetooth yeah. speaker. Hold on. Oh, let's, it's, let's um, just play it. it's a radio thing. So, tonight, we will be discussing ghost ships. Mysterious vessels upon dark open waters. So sit back, grab your drink, turn the volume to 11 and... Warning. Listener discretion is advised. We say things like... Jeopardy, the TV show, is the secret to old people getting horny and banging it out one last time. And... You've heard of bloods and crypts. But have you heard of these new gangs? Sock puppet savages and rowboat bitch bikers from Greenbow? And... 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, ready or not, I'm going to shit. And 
The best way to handle a hangnail is to simply chop your finger off with a meat cleaver. Do it. Pussy. All aboard. Hello, passengers. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 5 of the Midnight Train Podcast, where we bring the dark to light. What's that mean? Well, you motherfuckers know what that means. We make fun of and joke about creepy shit while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer, and with me, as always, is the man that once drop-kicked a chupacabra for a pack of cools. It's Jeff Butchko. <laughs> How are you, buddy? Hi. How's it going? A pack of cools. Yeah. Yeah. There was a time in my life I'm ashamed of where I smoked cools. I went from Misty, Misty Slims. Is that what it is? Misty Slims? Virginia Slims. Virginia Slims. Virginia Slims. Yeah. yeah. Virginia to, Slims. Uh, to cools. You know what I mean? You did. Because I, I felt the flavor. And what made you do that? The flavor. The flavor? Yeah. So, hey, I want to bring some up real quick. Okay. Um, there will not be a word of the day. Okay. And why is that? Because Moody shat all over it. So Moody. there's a petition going right now. It's up to two signatures. Two. And one of them is yours? One of them, I support my own cause. Yeah, that's good. Glad I don't know who it. the other person is. I didn't look it up. But thank you, Okay, whoever you are. It wasn't me. Not yet. No. I okay. haven't. But I will. I'll sign it. So everybody get on there. Sign the petition. And I might do a Kickstarter just to get a, some extra money to buy some water balloons to throw them at Moody when we win the petition closing. So, Oh, that's the that's the end goal? Yeah, it might be a double cause. Ooh. I, so, I, I like that. That's I apologize good. if you were looking for word of the day. You're not going to get it. <laughs> uh, and you guys can hopefully watch the video of him just mean mugging the shit out of Moody right there. <laughs> that was that was pretty funny. Um, hey, speaking of, with us, of course, the purveyor of the paranormal and the guy who once ran a marathon just to get to Taco Bell before it closed. <laughs> it's Mr. Moody. Hello, hello, hello. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm not bad. Uh, first of all, we all know that's a lie because regardless of the situation, I would never run a marathon. So yeah, well, yeah, I guess. And that's also, true. Taco the, Bell or no Taco Bell? Yeah, well, maybe for Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd have to run home really fast. <laughs> the whole way. Uh, as far as the word of the day goes, that is not my fault. I fully participated last week. You just didn't know how to use the fucking word properly, so pretty sure lose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me, let me, uh, it's early, by the way. Yeah, we are recording very early today. I'm not yeah. fully up yet, yeah. but, uh, oh, you know what? I want to do a quick shout out. Uh-oh. Uh, we got a string of birthdays here in, on the train. We have Moody's wife, Danny. Happy Yesterday, birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday, Danny. My, my daughter today, Madison. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Maddie. Maddie. My, uh, my buddy Sean's is today as well. We nice. celebrated that last night. So happy birthday to happy him. Happy birthday, Sean. Happy birthday, Charlie Bucket, John's daughter. Little Charlie turns yeah. 13 today. So yeah. Big, big weekend for birthdays. Wow. Yeah. Birthdays. All a bunch of Leos. Wow. We're going <laughs> to. Wow. We've got a bunch wow. of birthdays out here right now. Everyone's birthdays today. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah happy birthday all you leos i'm one of those two and we're fucking awesome you're crazy you know, i mean you could yeah, say that yeah but. yeah yeah well no i'm not I'm not saying i didn't say we weren't crazy the stars don't know what the fuck they're talking about <laughs> <laughs> so you beautiful bunch of dark passengers know that we are just three goofballs and assholes that love history and can't get enough of the mysterious we want you all to know how much it means to us that you're listening to our goofy asses right now 
Woo. Your reviews and support really do make all the hard work worth worthwhile. 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 That didn't, that didn't take long. <laughs> We're also skipping church right now to do this podcast. Just, we, that's we how are, dedicated we are. We are skipping church for that. Yeah. Church. 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 I, uh, if I, you're scared, go to church. Yeah. Do you go to church? Snoop Dogg. No, no, I don't either. I was going to make a joke, but I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, your reviews and your support really do make all the hard work worthwhile. That's the word I was trying to say. And saying that, please stop over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. Give us a five-star review. Uh, you can leave anything you want. And it really, really does help. I hear all these other podcasts talking about that purple icon and how important it is and how much it helps move up the rankings. And, you know, nobody really knows why. But it does. So, because Apple is a monopoly. Listen, and if it is, and it helps us, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's get these let's get these reviews on there. Give us five stars. It really does help us out a lot. And you can also find us on Spotify by typing the Midnight Train Podcast in their search bar and clicking the follow button. You'll then get each episode as they are released. And iHeartRadio iHeartRadio. If you have a smart TV, you can stream the podcast uh, on your. Are we on Stitcher? Yes, we are All on right, Stitcher. I guess if you listen on Stitcher, they have a rating system too that is uh, perfect. Very. We're, uh, you know. we're also on Whistlepoof. That's the new app. Whistlepoof. Yeah. Whistlepoof. So get get on there. Give us a five star and a review. <laughs> Whistlepoof. <laughs> Whistlepoof. Yeah. You get you get poofs instead you know of stars. You know what's gonna right. be? You get five, five. <laughs> <laughs> little little fart icon. You get five wow. poofs. five poofs. Ah <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. Someone's gonna go in right now and get Whistlepoof.com. Please yeah. do that. And start your own rating system. Just a little fart icon. You're welcome. Yes, there you go. And <laughs> Patreon subscribers, you know, get in there and sign up for Patreon. Uh, we'll be getting all kinds of uh, special bonus stuff and whatnot, including us uh, talking about the last episode of the 27 Club and basically the conspiracies behind it and just our view on, uh, you know, all the uh, people that were involved in that, all the musicians, whatnot. So make sure you get over there, sign up and check it out. So in saying that, let's turn down the lights. Adjust our seats, grab a drink, and let's get spooky. But first, here's a toast to all of you. It's coffee today. Fuck you. I love that song. It's great. And I love that band. They're fucking amazing. I, I absolutely, if you guys don't know who that is, that's Ailstorm. Yeah. Not Hailstorm. Hailstorm. <laughs> and they are literally a metal pirate band, right? Yeah. They ripped me off from years ago. I, I do remember Jolly Roger, right? Yep. I remember Jolly Roger. Yeah. I, uh, I do a, remember. That was uh, you, I've been Cole, to, Cole Martinez. Wasn't Cole it? and myself and uh, my buddy Ken was, uh, he did some of the vocals for it. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was pirate hardcore did you guys dress like pirates we never got past like the two songs that would have been sweet to see we we had uh one song was completely done the other one we needed vocals on but it was it was a good time yeah i know a guy that does singing if you guys got that track who's that um you jeff isn't it you no no it's me it's certainly isn't me yeah i would definitely like to throw down i'm trying to find him i had him for a while i couldn't find him for years and then i went back and i fucking i google searched and I found our old fucking uh, MySpace page. It was still there, and it still had the songs on it. Nice. So I pulled it up, and I like saved it. And I tried to download. I couldn't download them for whatever reason. Wait, wait, MySpace. Yeah, yeah. You don't remember? Yeah, was, what is uh, what is MySpace? How can I describe it? Uh, is there anything out there like that today that you could mm, think of, Jeff? No, it's kind of no. like a. I don't really know. Like the beginning of Facebook, but 
more hot topic-y, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Is no, the best way was, to put uh, it? Uh, dude, that was your life in the 90s. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I remember. Early 2000s. I remember. That was it, man. I remember. Did you hear the song on my profile page? <laughs> it was all about to the make, top eight. Trying to make those top eight. Oh, yeah. Yes. The top friends. Yeah, remember that? Top eight. Yeah. Why am I not in your top friends, you <laughs> son of a bitch? <laughs> i go home and get your fucking shine box. There That's it right. is. That's there right. Is. All right, so this week, we are getting back to some spooky shit, and we know how much you guys love that spooky shit. We are talking about ghost ships. All right, so the term ghost ship can refer to several things. For starters, it may simply refer to a decommissioned ship of any type that is sitting in a harbor waiting to be scrapped. Poor little lonely ship. Secondly, it may refer to a derelict vessel found adrift in the seas or oceans with its crew missing and or dead. Yep, that's a pretty severe contrast to say the least. A famous example of such vessel would be the Mary Celeste, which we will be discussing here in a little bit. Lastly, it may refer to actual spectral ships seen floating around, uh, scaring the shit out of each other. And that makes me imagine a couple of little ghostly tugboats hiding behind lighthouses and jumping out right (laughs) as another ship is floating by, causing the ladder to drop a lifeboat rather than right there and there. You know what I mean? Like, hey, uh, whoop. <laughs> Just drops a little, 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 little lifeboat out of his butt. Anyway, whistle poo, <laughs> a little whistle poo. <laughs> that's our word of the day. Right there. Whistle. It's whistle poo. See, now that's a good one because you could use it any way you want to. It yes. doesn't matter. Yes, that's right. Like I'm gonna take. Still a, doing the petition. Whistle poof right here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. So the most notable famous example of this would be the ever popular Flying Dutchman, which we're pretty sure you've heard of. You know, in one form or another. And uh, today, Jack <laughs> isn't that a sex thing? <laughs> the Flying Dutchman. I don't. Is that a, is that a no, sex I thing? Just, yeah, I, it's for people with sex swings. The Flying Dutchman. Yeah, and you just slap water in her face the entire time. That's where the guy gets on the swing, and the girl's laying on the bed, and like the guy, like you know, he backs up. Swing. Yeah, he swings forward, and he's like, "Oh, here it comes!" Because it's in Dutch. That's what they, they call the Flying Dutchman. <laughs> Is, is, it, is that how the Dutch say it? <laughs> hey, here we go! Here it comes! Are you ready? Uh, yeah. First derail of the night. There it is. Yeah. And uh, by the way, that was it's actually... Not, it's not nighttime either. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the day. It's, <laughs> it's very morning. It's very morning. That's probably why it is. But uh, we actually had someone ask us to actually have a train crashing sound. <laughs> And we now have it for you guys. So yeah, got it. there it is. If you yeah. listen closely, you shall receive. That's right. If you listen closely to the very end of the derailment, you can actually hear John's shoes fall to the ground. Go ahead and play it again. Listen to the end. All right. All right. And that was the shoe. <laughs> Why is my shoe falling? Well, when the train derails, it's pretty brutal. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's very true. So today we're going to be discussing the second and third types as ships just sitting in harbors waiting to die can be cool to look at and may have a good run, but they aren't as spooky unless they're haunted. There may be a few of those tossed in, though, so I guess you guys will have to wait and listen. That might be more of a Patreon episode, I think. Ooh, haunted ships just sitting there? There's a couple. There's like they made some in like floating museums and stuff like that that are haunted. Oh, yeah, it's good stuff. All right. So let's begin today's maritime fun by talking about literal ghost ships. Tales of spectral ships go back to the very beginning of seafaring cultures, ranging from spectral canoes. Yeah, that's what I got. No, so there was uh, actually the, the funny thing I'm is. Sorry, that just the, just the, no. the thought of a little Welcome canoe. Welcome to Camp Pinecone. Yes. Would you like a spectral canoe? No, I actually didn't have that. That one's not in here, but it happened in New Zealand. 
they called it a spirit canoe and then like a couple days later right. it was like this massive like disaster or some shit oh they, shit so it was like yeah. a precursor to something it's, it's like the like mothman of their I area was say the canoe version of the mothman <laughs> Because who the fuck is afraid of a canoe? <laughs> I I like the version better where you picture the guy who's running the canoes at the camp and it's got like, you know, it's a wrap, like a vehicle wrap. It's got like stickers all over it that say spectral, like a blue font. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have a spectral canoe? Are you sure? He's just got his bumps happening in the back. Do you have a personal flotation device? <laughs> so anyway, ranging from spectral canoes to giant vessels, the tales are pretty crazy. Given the nature of water travel, one can understand how these tales can get started and then tsunami into something bigger. Ah. See what I did there? That's right. And before you ask, yes, there will be a lot of boat and water-based puns. This episode... <laughs> what are you doing over there, Moody? He's trying to give you the rim shot. Oh. There it is. Hey, rim All shot. Right. You're trying to give me a rim shot, huh? Yeah, rim shot. Good uh, job. Oh. Oh. Do you, do you want me to leave the room? <laughs> no, you got to run the campus. Yeah. Is the Blind Dutchman, here it comes! <laughs> So, yeah, there will be a lot of boat talk and water-based <laughs> puns in this entire episode because, you know what? Fuck it. That's why. That's why Absolutely. we're doing it. Anyway, the ocean is essentially an unforgivable water wasteland when you are outside of the normally used shipping routes in these modern times. Imagine what it would have been like when ancient civilizations first took to the waters. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't really have maps. They didn't have any shit like that. So on land, violent and, uh, and or horrible deaths are said to lead to spirits being at unrest and being unable to cross over to whatever plane they have in the afterlife. Why would the ocean be any different? Hmm? You know, well, we're going to tell you here. Yeah, why you would know? it, John? It, it, it wouldn't, <laughs> is what basically what it comes down to. The, uh, the weather is and was fucking unpredictable, especially when there wasn't any technology to track storms, hurricanes, tsunamis, etc. Uh, them shits could change in a minute, and if caught out there, you were in deep trouble. On top of this, there are always tales rooted in cultural um, history that are passed on from generation to generation, and the same is uh, regular folklore. Some are campfire stories and some are based off of real ships that have sunk in some nefarious way. We're going to look at some of the fun ones right here. So let's start this off here. In the very southern part of South America, there lived a group of people known as the Mapuche. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yes. All right. <laughs> da -ding. Hold on. Did you notice how I did put the pronunciation yes. of the ship in there? For yes, you? I appreciate that. I'm looking through <laughs> that and I'm like, all right, he's getting it. Yeah, because we all know I'm a fuck up. <laughs> um, these lesser known people were able to repel the Spanish conquistadors from the 16th century for over 300 years. Think about that. That's impressive. That's impressive. A little, little itty bitty group of Mapuche, which sounds like. Something from, uh, what was that stupid game people used to walk up? Pikachu? That's what it reminds me of. <laughs> Pokemon? Yeah. Pokemon, Pokemon Go? Hey, get the Mapuche! <laughs> if you go to the Spectral Canoe, you'll find the infamous <laughs> Mapuche. He is a boss, level 23. Exactly. So this allowed them to keep much of their pre-Columbian heritage and mythos intact. The collected wisdom is known as the Cholota mythology. Um, one of those bits of lore is about the Calioche. The Calioche is a mythical ghost ship of the North Chilote mythology and local folklore of the Chileoe Island in Chile. I think, like, did you make all this up? Are you just trying to fuck I, with me? I did not. This is all real. It's like, Chiani. are you doing it speech round in the notes? <laughs> <laughs> so it is, it's, it's very uh, important. One of the very most important legends pertaining to the culture of Chile. Uh, descriptions of the ship paint a picture of a beautiful three-masted ship, always full of lights and music, and essentially sounding like a constant party is just banging on board the it ship. It doesn't look too beautiful according to the pictures. Oh, oh I think that's it looks, beautiful. Looks pretty rough. Ooh, look at that. I can just hear someone going, yar. I think they got an issue with their sales. That's why they call that an artist rendition. <laughs> artist rendering, if you will. Yeah. Nonsense. 
Yes. <laughs> so anyway, the ship only appears for a short time before disappearing beneath the waves. The ship is said to be inhabited by the spirits of those who have died at sea. It is also said to be a conscious, sentient being. There are several versions of the legend of the Caliuche. Uh, the first is that the spirits of the drowned are summoned to the ship by three water spirits. The Serena Cholota, her sister Pinkoya, yep. and their brother Picoy. Serena Chilota resembles what we know as a mermaid with the upper body and face of a teen, uh, long blonde hair and golden scales. Pinkoya is said to have long blonde hair, be of incomparable beauty, be cheerful and sensual, and rise from the depths of the sea with her totally human-like body. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Picoy has the body of a sea lion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with there's always got to be the one in the group, you know. It's like, yeah. There's like, like a like group a, of girls, and there's always the one that's like, you know, Nyeh. it's not a girl though. Yeah, in this yeah. one, it's a the body of a sea lion with golden fur and the face of a strikingly attractive human man yeah. with long blonde hair. Hi guys. <laughs> But everyone else has got this like great bodies and everything else, and he walks over like. Arr, arr, arr. It's like so essentially, it's me hanging out. They're throwing him hey. salmon. Here, here you go, Picoy. Here you go. <laughs> so the spirits are brought aboard to continue their existence in a paradise-like life, among others, and not be left alone in the deep, cold ocean. Another version tells of the ship using its music to captivate and capture fishermen and enslave them as its crew uh, and its crew for eternity. The captured fishermen are then said to take on the horrible image of the Imbunche. The Imbunche is a deformed human with its head twisted backwards, along with having twisted arms, fingers, nose, mouth, and ears. What the fuck? Dude, I saw like pictures, like renditions of those things. Dude, they're fucking creepy looking. Jeff, can you pull up an Imbunche? I want to see what this thing looks like. So uh, the creature walks on one foot or on three feet. How do you spell that? <laughs> I-M-B-U-N-C-H-E. In Buche. I want to see what this thing looks like. So yeah, it, uh, it because one of its legs is attached to the back of its neck. What in the shit? If you guys are out there, I'm going to post some of these pictures up in our notes because you guys have got to see. What the fuck? <laughs> he looks like a nutsack that got caught in a blender. Yeah, the poor guy. Poor, poor guy. So... The Imbuche cannot talk and communicates only by guttural, rough, and unpleasant sounds. Again, <laughs> um, wait, 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 wait. Go ahead and, and say something here. Okay. Say, what am I saying? <laughs> Another common version is that as the magic ship. <laughs> it's the Imbuche, run! <laughs> Okay, okay. So another common version is that it's the, uh, it's the magic ship that the warlocks of Chilioe uh, use to have parties and transport their goods. It is also used by the warlocks every three months when they go on a journey to improve their magical abilities. The warlocks are only able to reach the ship by summoning Caballo Marino Chelote, a magical water horse. This is because Milalobo, the king of the seas, has prohibited any other people from boarding the ship or getting to it by any other means. <laughs> Holy shit. So the uh there is a correlation there because I guess the uh from what I was reading, um the uh, those Imbunche are apparently uh they work like as guards for the warlocks. Okay. Supposedly like uh the warlocks live in caves and they they can basically uh the legend is uh, well, I don't remember exactly what it is, but basically they take children 
Oh, that's wonderful. And turn them into these Mbunche, and they basically, I guess, work as like guards and whatever these caves for the world. So warlocks. they take the kids and turn them into those fucking weird things? Right. Kind of like Temple of own. Doom, right? It's Sure. Well, Temple of Doom, they took all the kids and made them work in the coal mines for Galima. So, but these weren't coal mines. Well, you know, <laughs> to each his own. But yeah, yeah, so I guess the warlocks, <laughs> and, you know. those warlocks that they're talking about would be, they would they would take the kids, turn them into those, and they would work like as guards or whatever, helpers for the warlocks. Walking around with a foot attached to the back of your neck does not sound like a very uh, a, a good way to get things done. I'm I've just done saying. It. It's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll follow it up with the awesomely named Fireship of Badai Chalur when we get back. Wow! We'll be right back after this message. Every morning. Every so. And then now we would have turned me that one more time to your regularly you scheduled face. program. Yes, because I'm not taking that shit yes. anymore. Oh, dude. Oh, we're doing this again. Sorry. Guys, I told you. We, All right. We really need that light. That on yeah, light. we got to get that light. Yeah. The on air light. We, yeah. we need to get that. So we're talking about the fire ship of Bay de Chalur. <laughs> also referred to as the Chalur Phantom or just the Phantom Ship. It is a form of ghost light. Ooh, sounds fantastic. It is an unusual visual phenomenon seen in Bathurst, New Brunswick, Canada. In Canada, eh? Canada. Hey, I love our Canadian folk. In our an, uh, an article we dug up from uh, 1951 says, quote, although it has been witnessed by more people than any other unexplained apparition in Canada and perhaps in the world, it has the elusive quality of the end of a rainbow. Those who have pursued it says it always remains the same distance away, and those who have studied it through telescopes say a strong lens brings out no details not equally visible to the naked eye. It looks to most like a sailing vessel in flames, end quote. <laughs> we need to go to Canada just for that. I, I want to see like that. we were talking about, man, there's a ton of these reported in Canada. There's so, a ton of them. But here's my thing, though. So the way they describe this is either A, it's this amazing vessel with flames, or B, Correct. it's the reading rainbow. <laughs> no, no, no. They, uh, the, it doesn't look like a rainbow. They're saying it's it's like when you chase the uh, chase the end of a rainbow and you can never quite get there. That's what it's a like. Metaphor. like people, people have seen the light and gone out in boats to try to get to it. Oh, and like you can never, it's I one of those see. You know, yeah. You know what's more concerning than that is if the boat is on fire, how are they going to put it out? Like, where are they going to get water? <laughs> they have uh they have fireboats. Yes. Oh yeah, they call the fireboat in, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe they have an extinguisher on board. Well, those two that was back in the day. What? I mean, if the boat's on fire in the middle of the ocean, how are they going to put it out? They pee on it, Jeff. It'll uh, it'll go that, out. That's a... it'll go out eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so their ship, uh this ship is uh, uh sorted um several times a year or, or seen by uh, several times a year by entire communities of people. The article continues on to say, quote, it ranges New Brunswick's North Shore for 125 miles from the thriving pulp and paper town of Dalhousie <laughs> near the mouth of, oh, my God, Restegouche. Excuse me? <laughs> Restegouche. God bless you. Which is not like, which is not related to Bobby Boucher. In Bay Chalour to Misco Island, where Bay Chalour joins the Gulf of St. Lawrence. Occasionally, it crosses to the Gaspé coast to visit such uh, centers as Carlton, Bonaventure, and New Carlisle. Jeez, that's a lot of places and <laughs> words and holy mac. So it may hover for hours in one spot and gradually fade, or it may glow brilliantly and suddenly vanish. Or it may travel over the waves like the wind. 
Some claim to have seen the, sh uh, the fire ship by day, but most evidence indicates it appears only at night. One dark night, when he was still a newcomer, resident PJ Carroll excitedly telephoned the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, saying a schooner was burning a couple of miles from shore. Hey! Hey! Is this the Mounted Police, eh? Yes, <laughs> uh, what is the problem? There's a, uh, there's a schooner. It's not a schooner, it's a sailboat. <laughs> <laughs> you better call Wayne Gretzky, eh? Yeah, hey! Something's <laughs> happening out there. He's the only Canadian I know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, quote... Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> the only... That song you were playing earlier, Celine Dion is Canadian. Could have gone Alanis Morissette is, too. She is. Yeah. So is... I think Ryan Reynolds is Canadian. Really? Yeah. yeah. Ryan Reynolds is Canadian. Brian Adams was Canadian. You know who else is? Wayne Gretzky! <laughs> <laughs> so don't worry, said the officer who answered. It isn't a schooner. If you believe in ghosts, it's a ghost. If you don't believe in ghosts, it's a natural phenomenon. It's the fire ship. You're a stranger here, but you'll get used to it, eh? <laughs> Can you imagine talking <laughs> to police officers? Hey, don't worry about it. <laughs> All right? No, no, there's a ship right? on fire. No, the... no, no. Listen, you're new here, eh? All right. Yeah. What's that? Hey, buddy. There's a, there's <laughs> a ship, <laughs> buddy? ship hey, on fire. Yeah, there's a ship on fire, eh? Yeah, hey, over. <laughs> hey, buddy. He's talking on the radio, right? On the, yeah. on the phone. I'm on the phone. Oh, my bad. <laughs> so if you believe in the supernatural explanation, we have some common tales as to the origins of the fire ship. If you don't believe in the supernatural explanation, well, then you're just being a wet blanket and we don't want you here anyway. So, Aww. yeah. The we first... still, wait, wait, wait. We still want you. Oh, here. yeah. We still want you. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I take that back. You yeah. can just, you know. You can download Whistle Poof and <laughs> put some ratings on there. Give us a five poofs. Yeah. The five, five, a five, poofs. five poof rating. <laughs> <laughs> so the first tale is concerning a Portuguese captain arriving on the shores of Heron Island <laughs> in 1501. So, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. It was fresh in my mind. I, I had to put it out there. So upon his second trip to the island to capture native, oh my God, Micmac? Micmac, yeah. The native Micmac people for the slave trade, he was tortured and killed by the locals for what he'd done. A year later, his brother came looking for him and was also attacked by the locals. Their ship caught fire, and they jumped into the waters and swore to haunt the bay for a thousand years. And say, I haunt you! I'll get you! Wait, does that mean we have to die? Ah, fuck. <laughs> In several eyewitness reports from early settlers on Heron Island, most notably the Pettigrew family, the ship is most often seen on the north side of the island during the full moon. Victims, both Micmac and Portuguese of, of the sinking, reportedly washed... Uh, up on the shores of the island and were buried in shallow graves at French Woods, a low-lying area at the west tip of the island. The second tale is that of a woman who was killed by pirates. With her dying breath, she said to the group, quote, For as the world is, may you burn on the bay. Oof. <laughs> Oof. That's pretty hostile. Yeah. Like, I've always wanted to be cursed in death. Yeah? Yeah. Like somebody's dying last words were like, Matt, you're fucked. For the rest of your life, I'm gonna haunt you. Um, Moody, I'm pretty sure we were cursed in birth. So, yeah, there's that. What if we're already dead? Like the sixth sense. <laughs> I see Canadian people. <laughs> why, do, why don't you want to go to your room, Billy? Because there's Micmac. Micmac <laughs> everywhere. He keeps talking about this Micmac. I don't. I don't know what that is. So the last take goes uh, a little something like this. Sailors aboard a ship heading to sea in bad weather feared they would die and blame their bad luck on one of their own whom they'd murdered. 
When the ship caught fire, it was told that it was Catholic blood reaping its vengeance. There are some scientific ideas about what it really is, but we're not the uh, you know Midnight Train Science podcast here. So uh, we're going to stick uh, to the spooky stuff. You know what I mean? A shitty podcast that would be. Yeah. Us trying to explain shit all sciencey. Yeah. And the science of it is, everyone's going to be like, no, that's not how that works. Two protons attached to the nuclei. So real quick on that note, you know how much shit my sister gave me last week after all the medical crap we were fucking up? Oh, really? Oh, my God. I was getting texts and then she was giving me shit all now, day. Now, listen, yesterday. were we fucking it up or was it just yeah, our yeah. version no, of it? No, we're idiots. That's what it was. Oh, okay, that's true. Sorry, Dr. Sugarbutt. <laughs> <laughs> so next up is everyone's favorite. <laughs> Jeff, are you ready? It's the Flying Dutchman. What with you, Sparrow? <laughs> <laughs> the stories tell how the doomed ship and its crew were condemned to wander the world's oceans for eternity without ever reaching land. All because of her captain's fateful decision to sail into fatal seas. The legend has inspired the imagination of playwrights, poets, and painters. It has even become a feature of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Tell me, Mr. Tanner, do you feel dead? <laughs> dude, the, a side note here. That guy that plays, um, um, what is his name? Um, Davy Jones. Davy Jones. Dude, what an amazing actor. Oh, that was great. They well, showed, he's in a bunch of stuff, isn't he? He was in Shaun of the Dead, bro. <clears throat> Oh, he was? I he know was how, a stepdad, right? Yeah, he was the stepdad. I want to know how they got his tentacles to do that. Well, well, Moody, there's yeah, this thing awesome. called CGI. I don't know. What is that? I've never um, heard of that before. We, that's a talk for a bonus episode. Oh, we'll, oh, we'll okay. discuss that. Yeah. So he doesn't really have tentacles? No, what really happened is he laid on a bed. They did a flying <clears throat> Dutchman on the sex swing. <laughs> he's like, here I come! And then he's got tentacles on his face. <laughs> I, don't think those are, I don't think those are tentacles. <laughs> Do you have a washcloth? <laughs> it's on my face. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, so the ship is just simply known as the Dutchman. And these tales are rooted in the deep folklore of the sea. Sailors have reported sightings of the ship well into the 20th century. But these are just crazy tales, right? They're not based on fact, right? Moody? I've seen SpongeBob. Are they, are they not, though? I mean, I don't know. Is there any truth behind the tales that say that the sighting of the ship means impending doom for whomever spots it. Well, let's, uh, let's let's dive a little further into this. So in the legend, the Dutchman, the Dutchman, I feel, Jeff, you have to do that each time. What's wrong with you, Turner? <laughs> you feel dead? <laughs> so the Dutchman was Calypso. a ship. <laughs> the Dutchman was a ship in a fleet owned by the Dutch East India Company. These ships traveled between the Netherlands and the East Indies, transporting exotic silks, spices, and dyes back to the Dutch ports. Legend goes that Captain Hendrik van de Decken, <laughs> that is the name to end all names right there, and his crew had an uneventful journey to their destination. The return trip would be a different story, though. On the way back, to, um, way back, the captain wanted to return to Amsterdam as quickly as possible, so he opted for the shortest possible route around the Cape of Good Hope, which seems ironic that you know you're going around Dude, that, the cape of good hope and the funny thing is a lot of these uh a lot of these things i've been reading about like they're fucking apparently that is like one of the worst areas to, to fucking go through with a ship a lot of pirates because of, because of the weather and that's what i'm saying like uh -oh. you think they'd rename it to like don't go this way you know <laughs> the cape of fuck off <laughs> where are you guys going to the cape of you're gonna fucking die <laughs> kind of like dead man's curve right right absolutely yeah yeah but at least it's got a name that kind of you know predicates what the hell it is you know like hey yeah. don't go around too fast around dead man's curve people still do yeah well yeah because people are idiots anyway <laughs> i always try to get up on two wheels you know <laughs> yeah it sounds 
horrible. It is. As the ship made its way around the Cape, a major storm came upon the ship. The crew begged the captain to turn around. Here's where it gets interesting, depending on the legend. According to earliest accounts, the captain agreed, but by the time they realized their error, it was, of course, too late. The shop was unable to make it, or the shop, the ship was unable to make it back to the harbor. In later versions, Vanderdecken refused, either because he was drunk, crazy, or perhaps a little bit of both. Their captain ignored the pleas from his crew and took the ship dead into the storm. Instead of concentrating on battling through the storm, the crew mutinied with hopes they could gain control of the ship and Those sail it out of danger. Bastards. Yeah, it's it's a mutiny. <laughs> Vanderdecken killed the leader of the rebels and threw him overboard. <laughs> Vanderdecken sounds like a fucking badass. Yeah. As he did so, he declared that he would complete the journey around the Cape, even if it took him until, quote, until doomsday. No sooner had he uttered these faithful words than an angel appeared. Mm. It challenged Vanderdecken's words and the unhinged captain repeated them, sealing the fate of himself, his crew and his ship. Another version of the legend places the fateful events in 1680 or 1729. This time, it is no angel but the devil himself who appears before Captain Vanderdecken and condemns him to sail the seas for all eternity. However, unlike the angel and other versions of the story, Satan gives Vanderdecken a get-out clause. He can redeem himself and his ship through the love of a faithful woman. Aha! Calypso! Calypso! So, every seven years, the captain was permitted to return to land to search for his salvation. Whether an angel or a demon caused Vanderdecken, um, or cursed Vanderdecken, sorry, the outcome for the ship and the crew was the same. The Flying Dutchman was lost in the storm. The ghosts of the ship, however, sailed on, not just around the Cape of Good Hope, or as we call it, the Cape of Your Fucked, but also around the world. The ghostly vessel can be seen to hover just below the waves or appear from beneath them. Either way, sailors regard a sighting of the ghost ship to be a sign of impending doom. While it's easy to dismiss all the tales surrounding sightings of the Dutchman, many ships' crews um, between the 18th and 20th century have claimed to have seen the Phantom Ship. The first reference to a sighting of the Flying Dutchman appeared in John McDonald's Travels in Various Parts of Europe, Asia, and Africa during a series of 30 years and upwards. That's the name of his fucking book? Yeah, dude. I, 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 I've got a book I want to sell you. Okay, well, well John, what, what is it? Travels in various parts of Europe, Asia, and Africa during a series of 30 years and upwards in the words of key pronounced by C. <laughs> yeah, I, like, dude, if you look at a lot of old books like that, like that have to do with this kind of stuff, like like more historical, like the names are all like that. It simply could have just been John McDaniel's Travels. <laughs> Done. I found, I found some shit. Yeah. <laughs> I found some shit. <laughs> So in 1790, when the author noted, quote, the weather was so stormy that the sailors said saw the Flying Dutchman, end quote. Mm. The most compelling report of supposed sighting of the Flying Dutchman comes from 1881. On July 11th, a vessel containing the future King George V. I see I got the fifth and yeah. that one, the V. And then, yeah. Yeah. Watching Rocky movies, That's aren't right. you? That's right. His brother, Prince Albert the Victor, and their tutor, John Neil Dalton, lay moored in the Bass Strait of the Australian coast between Melbourne and it's Sydney. Bass. Bass Strait? Ba- it's Bass. <laughs> Bass. <laughs> How low can, can you go? go? <laughs> the royal party was on a three-year voyage around the globe. However, at 4 a.m., the princes saw a sight that could uh, not have been explained. When, as their log recorded, quote, The Flying Dutchman crossed our bows. <laughs> a strange red light as of a phantom ship all aglow in the midst of which light the mass spars and sails of a brig 200 yards distant stood out in f- strong relief as she came apart on port bow <laughs> bow fuck it was good it was good describe the royal report quote the officer of the watch from the bridge clearly saw her as did the quarterdeck midshipman 
who was sent forward at once to the forecastle. But on arriving there was no vestige, nor any sign whatever of any material ship was to be seen either near or right away to the horizon, the night being clear and the sea calm. (laughs) The log entry has a sinister postscript that seems to lend credence to the Dutchman's ill-omened reputation. So for the prince is also recorded that, quote, at 10.45 a.m., the ordinary seaman who had this morning reported, (laughs) seaman, sorry, Uh, God, we're like children here, who had this morning reported the flying Dutchman fell from the fore top mast, cross trees onto the top gallant forecastle and was smashed to atoms. God, I loved how people talked back then. He was smashed to atoms. What the hell does that mean? He was fucked up. (laughs) Dude, I read that. I was like, I'm going to start saying shit like that, dude. Smash we should atoms. go to old timey like English talk. Wouldn't that be awesome? I would love that. You go through like a drive through. We, <laughs> we should do a whole episode in old I would take English. one meat patty, perhaps on top of a crispy <laughs> bun, and shall also have one large coketh. <laughs> I'm sorry to inform you, sir, but we are out of elegant patties today. <laughs> today. <laughs> would you like fabulous fries? <laughs> Yes, I will take those crispy. Dost dost thou still have the micketh rib? (laughs) (laughs) So according to historycollection.com, the source for most of the Dutchman info, um, in 1939, Beachgoers saw the Dutchman for the uh, penultimate time. What the Uh, fuck? So I had to look that up because I'm a moron. That's a word? Penultimate means second to last. Why didn't you just There's put that in there? That? <laughs> because I like. Oh, it's a quote. Because yeah. I like the word penultimate. It's and you just like to favorites. see me struggle. I appreciate second it. Second to last. Second to last. Okay, so the Dutchman <laughs> saw for the second to last time on the South African coast, the British South Africa um, annual, uh, the annual drew upon local newspaper stories to report how, quote, with uncanny volition, the ship sailed steadily on as the Glencarn Beach folk, <laughs> folk, the Glencarn Beach people. <laughs> Stood about keenly discussing the whys and wherefores of the vessel just as the excitement reached its climax. However, the mystery ship vanished into thin air as strangely as it had come. Mm, it had come with its semen. <laughs> Spara! <laughs> mm, that seems, this is starting to get a little bit dirty. I don't sexual know how, episode. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. So three years later, four witnesses saw the Dutchman sail into Table Bay off of Cape Town. It vanished never to be seen again. A real life sea captain named Hendrik Vanderdecken does not seem to have existed. Aha, uh-huh. how do you like that? So Mr. Vanderdecken hasn't existed. So some sources have attempted to, to link Vanderdecken to the, um, the 17th century Dutch captain Bernard Falk. <laughs> Is it Falk or Foke? I'd, I'd, say, go, I'd go with Falk. Here, here, here. Yeah. Make Bernard, way for Mr. Ah, Falk. Falk. <laughs> it's Bernard Falk. Ah, Falk. Whose suspiciously great sea voyages <laughs> between Java and the Netherlands led to rumors that he was in league with the devil. This link, however, is as much a thing of conjecture as the legend. Whatever the case for the Dutchman, the tales have been around for a long time and have ensured many, many works of art, music, and film. Truly, one of the classic tales of the seas. Wow! We'll be right back after this message. This episode of the Midnight Train Podcast is sponsored by Voodoo Vodka. 20 times distilled, made from pure cane sugar and handcrafted right here in Ohio. Vodka can be smooth and voodoo proves it. Drink it straight, chilled, or in your favorite mixed drink. Ask for it wherever you buy your favorite liquors or head over to voodoo.com and subscribe to their mailing list. 
While you're there, pick up some Voodoo merchandise and use the promo code Midnight Train Podcast, all one word, to get 10% off your entire order. That's Voodoo, V O U D O U X dot com. Promo code Midnight Train Podcast for 10% off. And you can now buy this delicious vodka online. So order some today and drink with us whenever you listen to the show. Voodoo Vodka, it's magic. And now we return to your regularly scheduled program. Thank you for letting me know. Sure, you're welcome. welcome. I got it this time. Yeah, it was good. Good. It was something about crabs this time, is that right? Yeah, it was crabs. He was talking about his crab farm. Crab farm. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Crab farm. So now we are actually talking about another ship coming up here, and this one is the SS Valencia. Talking about ships today? Shit, yeah, we are. Oh, did you not know that? No, I just got here. I thought it was airplanes. No, we're talking about ships. <laughs> so the SS Valencia was an iron-hulled passenger steamer built for the Red D line for service between Venezuela and New York City. She was built in 1882 by William Cramp and Sons, and uh, one year after the construction of her uh, sister ship, Caracas. Um, now, she was a 1,598-ton vessel, originally 1,200 tons, 252 feet in length. That's a big motherfucking ship. That's oh, what she said. Yep. <laughs> That's what she said. In 1897, Valencia was deliberately attacked by the Spanish cruiser Riana uh, Mercedes off of Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. The next year, she became a coastal passenger liner on the U.S. West Coast and served periodically in the Spanish-American War as a troop ship to the Philippines. Valencia was wrecked off of uh, Cape Beal, which is near Clo- <laughs> Cloos on the West Coast of Vancouver. Doesn't get any easier, yeah. does it? <laughs> On the west coast of Vancouver Island, British Columbia, on January 22nd, 1906. Since her sinking killed 100 people, including all of the women and children aboard, some classify the wreck of Valencia as the worst maritime disaster in the graveyard of the Pacific, which is a famously treacherous area off the coast or the southwest coast of Vancouver Island. Valencia's dramatic end has made her the subject uh, of several local rumors and ghost stories. Six months after the sinking, local native indigenous indigenous... Says indigenous, indigenous folk. Indigenous. For the record, I did not write that. Yeah, so it's indigenous folk claim to have seen a lifeboat with eight skeletons in a nearby sea cave at the shoreline of Pachina Bay. The mouth of the cave was obstructed by a large boulder, and the cave was reported to be around 200 feet in depth. There was no definite explanation for the lifeboat's presence in the cave, but it was believed that the high tide had lifted the boat into the cave's mouth. Due to the dangerous seas outside the cave's mouth, the lifeboat, along with its human remains, could not be recovered. Local fisher guys, similar... <laughs> fisher guys. Hey, fisher guy! Similarly, similar... There's that word again. Similarly, reported lifeboats being rowed by skeletons of Valencia's victims. That is freaking amazing. So when transporting the survivors of Valencia to Seattle, uh, city of Topeka, stopped in the water to... That was another ship. Oh, city of the Topeka city of Topeka. Was, yeah. Okay. Stopped on the water to relay the news of Valencia's foundering to a passing vessel. Some observers on board claimed they could make out the shape of Valencia within the black exhaust emanating from city of Topeka's funnel. In 1910, the Seattle Times reported that sailors claimed to have seen a phantom ship resembling Valencia near Pachina Point. The sailors observed waves washing over the phantom steamer. <laughs> phantom steamer. <laughs> 
You guys smell that? I don't see anything. Yeah, dude, what? It smells like shit out here. It's at least three whistle poofs. <laughs> at least I don't three. see anything, though. It's, it's like it's a phantom steamer. Yeah, it's a phantom steamer. As uh, human figures held onto the ship's rigging for dear life. Similar apparitions were reported for years following the disaster. One of the lifeboats from Valencia was found adrift in 1933, 27 years after the 27! <laughs> see, their oh, number, shit. The number comes back. There it is. Yeah, see? That's, that kind of shit, though, that is cool to me. Oh, yeah, how it just resurfaced. And yeah, like all of a sudden it's like, oh, look, there's this fucking weird, oh, my God, what the fuck? <laughs> like in the Goonies when the ship comes out of the rocks yeah, at the yeah. end? Yeah. Well, there was, the funny thing is, I mean, I guess it's not funny, but there was a, a couple other stories um, that I didn't put in here um, that it's the same kind of thing. Like the ships go down and like they don't see the crew or anything like that. And then like 15, 20, 30 years later, they find a fucking lifeboat like washed ashore somewhere. Yeah, that's crazy. It's like, that's insane, man. I, I also like to like when um, <clears throat> I saw a story not too long ago that some some couple was just walking along the beach or something like that. And they found part of a, uh, a ship from like the 1780s. Yeah, that's awesome. It just it just some random weird part of it or whatever. That's to me that's freaking amazing. That's crazy. But that's I mean? easy. You know how that happens? The kraken takes a shit and it eventually comes <laughs> off the surface. And the, old, the old kraken the takes shore. a whistle poof. It takes yeah. a whistle poof and it, <laughs> and it bubbles up. <laughs> and that's where geysers come from. <laughs> now you guys have learned. So water, now water spouts. Water spouts. Yeah. <laughs> So the HMS Eurydice was launched in uh, 1843 as a 921-ton, 26-gun frigate. 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 Ah, frigate. Ah, frigate. <laughs> considered to be <laughs> considered to be one of the <laughs> finest vessels in the Royal Navy. In 1876, she underwent a routine refit at J. White's shipyard at Cowes and was considered to still be in top condition after her recommissioning in Portsmouth. As wooden warships were being replaced by iron ships in the frontline fleet, she was converted into a training vessel under the command of Captain Hare. In the spring of 1877, HMS Eurydice crossed the Atlantic in only 16 days, which apparently that was good. Is that good? Uh, at the time, yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay. Uh, apparently handled... I don't think they would mention it if it wasn't. <laughs> apparently handling perfectly. She arrived off the Isle of Wight on uh, March 22nd at uh, 1500 as Bond Church Coast Guard Station recorded, quote, sailing hard for Spithead, moving fast under plain sail, Studded sails on four and main bonnets and skyscrapers. End quote. By 1540, she was sailing alongside Sandown Bay. That's that's time by the time way. Time wise, yeah, 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 yeah. Maritime time. Just so you know, yeah. It was report, which would be around right around 3:40. 340. 340. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it was reported that there were two vessels in the area: a fishing boat captained by uh, Mister Colnut. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Colnut, get the spithead ready. Hi, Captain. <laughs> it sucks, man. We had to change our name. We had to change our name. What did it used to be? Fire Dick? <laughs> Fire Dick. No, it's Coal Nut. So returning to Shanklin and the schooner Emma under Captain Jenkins. The story goes that 20 minutes later, a sudden heavy squall accompanied by a blinding snowstorm came from the bay. Mr. Colnut, <laughs> The perfect storm. Yeah. Put in under Culver Cliff and Captain Jenkins reefed his sails. Yet, according to eyewitnesses, the Eurydice continued at full sail with her gun ports open before disappearing in the midst of the blizzard. The reasoning behind this course of action has never been resolved. It is possible that Captain Hare thought the Navy, the Navy training vessel could weather the storm, but the Eurydice went down fast. The frigate, fucking frigate, was, frigate. Blown, to fa uh, was blown to face southeast and was toppled onto its starboard side. 
where the sea apparently entered through her still open gun ports. Yeah, why would they have those open? I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, you never know when you're going to have to shoot somebody. Yeah, I guess. Okay, right. There was no time to launch any lifeboats, and most of the crew were below deck. Ventnor residents are thought to have been standing on the cliffs, dumbstruck at the scale of the accident, which would never have been expected on such a calm day. In less than 10 minutes, the squall had passed. The wind had died down, but all that could be seen of the Eurydice was, quote, the masts and top hampers, which are the upper sails and rigging, showing above the water just about two miles off the island. Wow, that's fucked up. When the blizzard ended, the schooner Emma returned to pick up survivors. Of the five she rescued from the waters, only two, Sidney Fletcher and Benjamin Cudiford. Cudiford? Cudiford. Cudi. What's your name? Cudiford. <laughs> survived by the time they reached uh, Ventnor Cottage Hospital. One of the two survivors stated that Captain Hare ordered the sails to be taken in, yet it was impossible to obey the order in the storm when the snow was so thick that it was impossible to see. Uh, I get it. So he basically told everyone, hey, bring in the, the sails or whatever, but it was like such a nasty-ass storm they couldn't get to it in time. I like yeah. So it, it pushed him over. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucked I, up. I also like how the one dude is just Captain Jenkins. <laughs> the other guy, everyone else has names. They're like, and Captain Jenkins. Hey, Mr. Jenkins, how are you? <laughs> that's Captain to you. All right. Maybe that's his name. It is. Maybe Captain's Maybe a cool his name. Maybe his name is Captain. That's my dog's name. I know. That's, that's Maybe cool it's name. Capitan. <laughs> El Capitan. <laughs> the rest of the crew were thought to have been carried down with the ship, dying of exposure in the freezing waters. <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> El Capitan <laughs> Jenkins. <laughs> the loss of HMS Eurydice has never been satisfactorily explained. One of the witnesses to the disaster was a young Winston Churchill. Boom. Who, yeah, who was at uh, Ventnor with his family at the time. The wreck was refloated later. Um, refloated. Refuted later? Refloated. Oh, they, refloated. They, like, they, they brought it back. Oh, up. they got it back up. Okay. Later the following September and returned to Portsmouth Dockyard, but had been so badly damaged underwater that she was broken up. An inquiry, an inquiry, <laughs> an inquiry found that the vessel had sunk through stress of uh, weather and that the officers and crew were blameless. With the loss of a large number of local men and boys uh, so close to their home port, a relief fund totaling 23,040 pounds was raised for many uh, of the dependents of those who were actually lost in the accident. So I guess um, after, after they like pulled the ship apart or whatever, there's a couple spots like they have the anchor. Um, they put the anchor somewhere as like a, a, a memorial and then the bell is in, they kept it in like a church. Oh, so they still have parts of the ship like as memorials to, to the people. That's sad. So the HMS Eurydice was immediately replaced by another 26 gun frigate of identical tonnage, but slightly, slightly, <laughs> slightly less radical hull lines. The HMS Juno. This ship, renamed HMS Atlanta, made two successful voyages between England and the West Indies before also disappearing at sea in 1880 with the loss of 281 lives. The ship is also believed to have been lost in a storm. So whoever's making those ships need to do uh, something different with those. Because well, well, there's also hurricanes back they then. Were made, yeah. They were made for speed, so they had a very shallow draft, so they made them, oh, so they were kinda, made them less stable. Yeah, okay. So they were easily, you know, fucking blown over. Topside. Yeah. yeah. The legend of the haunting of the Eurydice began on the very day she sank. On the afternoon of the uh, March 22nd, 1878 in Windsor, the Bishop of Rapon and Sir John McNeil were dining when McNeil suddenly exclaimed, Good heavens! Why don't they close the portals and reef the sails? When asked what he meant, he replied that he had a vision of a ship coming up the channel under full sail with her gun ports open while a great black squall attacked her. There was no explanation for that sudden glimpse of the disaster that was happening 70 miles away from him. Holy shit, that's fucking crazy yeah, as shit yeah, yeah. so the dude had a vision of this thing actually going down 70 miles away and it's not like they had like 
cell phones or anything like that right. back then. It's because he really drilled holes in it before it left. <laughs> yeah, one of them little twist drills from back in the day. You know, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'll show them. I'm psychic. Bishop, guess what I did? You'll never guess. Mm. <laughs> that ship is going to sink. Mark my words. I have a secret. <laughs> so sailors and visitors are also said to have witnessed sightings of a ghost ship off the Isle of Wight. All reported a tall three-mast ship with gun ports open, uh, open sailing into the sand down uh, before suddenly disappearing from view. Many of these have blamed on a, or were blamed on the freak reflections of light on uh, mist. Yet in the eight, uh, 1930s, Commander Lipscomb Eh, Lipscomb was God. These names was in command of a submarine, which was forced to take evasive action to avoid striking a full-rigged ship, the type that was no longer in service around the Isle of Wight at that time. When they looked again, it promptly vanished. Um, Prince Edward reportedly saw the ship while filming an ITV documentary in 1998. In 1898, Sherlock Holmes, author Sir Arthur Arthur Conan the few bastard, <laughs> Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> who was a resident of South Sea at the time, put pen to paper and wrote a powerful poem about the catastrophe called The Homecoming of the Eurydice. And no, that's not Sir Arthur Conan the Barbarian Doyle. <laughs> and this is why we don't let you have notes. I make them better, though. Ugh. All right. So if you like that portion of the show, uh, we definitely have more here. So we leave the realm of the spectral for more earthly tales. Next up is another classification of ghost ships. These are ships that have been found wandering the seas with either no crew left to be found or crews found dead on board with no explanation as to why. If a ship gets abandoned or the crew succumbs to something terrible and the ship drifts outside of shipping lanes, the current can take it and keep it out of sight, sailing for years and years and years. And they say these things happen all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some get caught in ice. <clears throat> Carnival and cruise. Dude, ships, they talk about ships. Did they have one do that? Yeah. It disappeared completely with like, I don't know, it's like 780 passengers on board and it's never been found. A carnival cruise ship. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they do, they talk about a lot of the research I was doing. They talked about that. And like, there's so many stories of ships that disappeared and then they just like wash up on a fucking just beach like 40, 50 years later. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Because I mean... It, truthfully like it says here though they some get caught in ice and frozen for years until they make their way free and float back to civilization and whatever the case is it's downright creepy to think about a ship sailing around on you know with no crew and worse you know a dead crew you know let's freaking think about i mean it's fucking insane to me so yeah, it's, it's crazy man yeah so we'll start off things here with someone we mentioned earlier the mary celeste on november 7th 1872 the 282 ton brigad brigantine mary celeste set sail from New York Harbor on its way to Genoa, Italy. On board were the ship's captain, Benjamin S. Briggs, his wife, Sarah, and their two-year-old daughter, Sophia, along with eight crew members. Less than a month later, on December 5th, a passing British ship called Di Grazia spotted the Mary Celeste at full sail and adrift about 400 miles east of the Azores with no sign the of the captain. I said that. <laughs> and no sign of the captain, his family, or any of the crew. Aside from uh, several feet of water in the hold, and a missing lifeboat, the ship was undamaged and loaded with six months' worth of food and water. Mary Celeste had a shadowy past. Originally christened Amazon, it was given a new name after a series of mishaps. To Prime. <laughs> to Prime. Uh, including the sudden illness and death of its first captain and a collision with another ship in the English Channel. So this thing's got some baggage here. An investigation into whether to grant payment by its insurers to the Di Gratia crew for salvaging the ghost ship found no evidence of foul play. 
Uh, the Mary Celeste would sail under different owners for 12 years before its last captain deliberately ran it aground in Haiti as part of an attempted insurance fraud. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Back in the day, they had that. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. So Do you have boat well, coverage? What, so what they were talking about earlier... I'll take uh, the extra boat coverage if you don't mind. So what they were talking about earlier when they said the investigation um, saw no evidence of foul play, they didn't want to pay the, uh, the crew of the other ship that towed it in because they thought that that ship found the Mary Celeste, got on board, killed everybody, threw them overboard, and then towed the ship in saying they found it. Oh. So they only they were supposed to get some like at the time it was like forty six grand, which was a fucking ton of money back then. Right, right. But they only ended up giving them like a fifth of that because they still weren't sure. They were like, "We'll give you this, but we don't know what the hell happened, so we're not giving you the whole, the whole uh, value." So yeah, why would an experienced captain such as Briggs or his sailors abandon a perfectly sound ship? Theories it's over the question. years. Yeah, it's a great question, Moody. <laughs> it is. Theories over the years have ranged from mutiny and pirate attack to assault by giant octopus or sea monster. <laughs> I see. You guys never fucking believe me. The Kraken. There it dude, is. That's Seattle. Seattle's new hockey team is the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, I saw their awesome, uh, their, their logo and it's shit. Great. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, so theories over the years, like I said, uh, said octopus or sea monster, while the more scientifically minded proposed an explosion caused by fumes from the 1700 barrels of crude alcohol, alcohol in the ship's hold. Think about that. Like that would definitely cause some problems. It would. Some of these have been pretty much ruled out. Given the condition of the ship and its cargo, piracy and explosion were not thought to be viable excuses. Also ruled out were sea monsters for obvious reasons. <laughs> a, more, a more likely scenario is that Captain Briggs erroneously believed his ship was taking on too much water and was about to sink. This theory was supported by the fact that the sounding rod used to determine the amount of water in the hold was discovered on deck, suggesting that it had been used just before the ship was abandoned. In addition, one of the ship's pumps showed signs of trouble, and it was dissembled. Ooh-hoo-hoo. It's crazy. A faulty... Go ahead. I was going to say, so I guess that um, apparently the trip before this one, they were hauling coal. Okay. They're saying that the coal, uh, the dust and all the shit from the coal got inside of one of the pumps and fucked the pump up. Oh, okay. And they found it taken apart on the ship. Oh. So, yeah. Well, a faulty reading of the sounding rod and an ineffective pump could have led Captain Briggs to believe the ship was foundering and ordered it abandoned. Do you think if Isaiah was on that ship, he would know that it was the sounding rod? Like the captain would be like, does anybody have a clue of what could be up. wrong? I saw him outside. Hey, hey, Isaiah, come in here. Hey, fellas, how's it going in there? What are we, what are we talking Jeff, about today? Jeff, I'm a, I'm, thank you for having me in here. It's been hey, quite it's a while. It's good to see you. Jeff's got a question We for need you. to know. All right, Jeffrey. When you were on the pirate ship way back in the day. Right. And the captain asked you what was wrong with the sound rod? Right. Did, uh, how, sounding rod. Sounding rod. Did, how did you determine that? Well, you take it and you hide it up in the air real high like, and you just put it to your ear. Yeah. That way, if you hear the problems on the ship, it'll come and it'll it'll reverberate and into your brain stem, and then you know whether or not there's chocolate in the mess hall. So there's like it's like a diagnosis machine, basically? Yeah, but it's, it's kind of simple, Jeffrey. It's not the normal kind you normally do. How it's, long did it take you to fix it? All right, we're good. See you later. I never did fix it, to be honest. We're good. Okay, well, thanks for having me, Bye. fellas. I appreciate it. See you later, Isaiah. Have a good one. Fucking Isaiah. Jesus. Stop bringing uh, him I in like, here if you don't want to talk. I like how him. he just waits outside every episode. You he know? just hangs out, dude. Yeah. I saw him outside earlier when we got here. I was That's like, yeah, what he does. Yeah. He's like a guard or something. So they're saying that the uh, the faulty reading of the sounding rod and an ineffective pump could have led him to, again, abandon the ship. A mishap may have then occurred in the longboat, causing all to perish. 
Whatever actually happened remains one of the biggest maritime mysteries in history. Wow! We'll be right back after this message. This episode of the Midnight Train Podcast is sponsored by Aces Depot Bar and Grill. Aces Depot is not your typical corner bar. Conveniently located in beautiful and historic Olmsted Falls, Ohio, Aces Depot has raised the bar in hospitality, pub fare, and craft beer. Their vast menu and business information is available at aces-depot.com. So stop in, grab a delicious gourmet burger or handcrafted pizza, and wash it down with one of their over 75 beers. Because at Aces Depot Bar and Grill, when you're here, you're family. And now we return to your regularly scheduled program. All right, so next. That's two in a row. Good job, man. Yeah, Jeff, you're doing great. Yeah, I'm paying attention this yeah, time. Nice. So this no next promises. one. <laughs> the next one is the SV Seabird, or just Seabird, was a merchant brig under the command of John Huxham, or Husham. Yep. In 1750 or 1760, <laughs> the ship grounded herself at Easton's Beach, Rhode Island. Her longboat was missing, and she had been returning from a voyage to the Honduras and was expected in Newport that day. The ship was apparently abandoned in sight of land. You know, coffee was actually boiling on the galley stove and drifted off course. The only living things found on the ship were a dog and a cat. One week after the seabird arrived, it vanished, and like its crew, the seabird was never seen again. That's pretty That's pretty wild. That I was, like that one. I tried to find more research on that. And it's kind of like there's there wasn't a whole lot like it it this was recorded that they it wrecked and everything like that and like obviously the dates are kind of wonky like either fifty or sixty right and like it was it's like a weird little thing and I know it's not a very long one but I wanted to throw it in there just because it's it's weird and I I couldn't find a lot about it but it is definitely recorded that that ship wrecked and they found it so it is a real thing yeah but there's like. There's nothing. Like, it was really hard to find anything on it. Fucker, you saw it. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy, dude. Like, seriously, like, it'd be nice to actually have some uh, some more information on that one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm going to try awesome. that. I'm going to look into it a little more because nice. I, I thought that was kind of cool. So next up, and I, I've, I've heard of this one for, before. Oh, um, that's in there. Don't worry. Is the Carol A. Deeding? Is that right? Deleting? No, it's Deering. Deering. We've talked about that one before, and I'm not yep. sure where we've talked about the one before because I can't quite remember. Um, was it from the Hold Bermuda on, Triangle? Stop, stop. Read the first line. Okay, let's see. The Carol A. Deering, which we briefly discussed in our Bermuda Triangle episode. <laughs> there it is. Oh! I just wanted to see if I remembered. You know what I mean? Because Dude, when I was doing this, that name came up. I'm like, I know this. do I know that? <laughs> like, did we talk about that in something? So we did discuss this in our Bermuda Triangle yeah, episode. We, we talked about it briefly. In August 1925, months before the five-masted schooner was discovered abandoned off the coast of present-day Cape Hatteras National Seashore, the Carol A. Deering set sail from Norfolk, Virginia, in tip-top shape with an experienced captain and a crew of 10 men bound for Rio de Janeiro with a cargo of coal. The ship departed on uh, August 22nd, and although Captain William H. Merritt fell ill a few days later and had to be replaced by the hastily recruited Captain, Captain Morgan. Uh, no, Wormel. <laughs> oh. this, yeah. this was the guy, if you remember, he was like a fucking major drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and they replaced a regular captain with this dude. Yeah. Uh, the ship delivered its cargo on schedule and set sail to return in December. Schedule. It's schedule. A light ship keeper named Captain Jacobson aboard the Cape uh, Lookout Lightship in North Carolina sighted the vessel bound for its home port on January 29th, 1921. The Carol A. Deering hailed the lightship and an unidentified crewman 
reported that the ship had lost its anchors. Captain Jacobson, not Jacob's letter, took note of this, but was so unable to report it due to his radio being out. He would later describe the crew of the Carol, at Carol A. Deering as milling around suspiciously on the foredeck of the ship. Two days later, on the morning of January 31st, C.P. Brady of the Cape Hatteras Coast Guard station spied the schooner aground and helpless on Diamond Shoals. Its sails set, uh, still set and its lifeboats missing. Rough waters kept surf boats from reaching the wreck until February 4th, when C.P. Brady's initial suspicion proved correct. The Carol A. Deering was abandoned. The crew had vanished like ghosts. Gone with them were personal belongings, key navigational equipment, some papers, and the ship's anchors. Despite an exhaustive ex investigation by the FBI, no trace of the crew or the ship's logs have ever been uncovered. To this day, the Carol A. Deering is one of the most discussed and written about maritime mysteries of the 20th century. Its enduring popularity no doubt fueled by the complete uncertainty as to how the ship arrived at its fate. Often called the goat, sh goat ship? <laughs> the ghost ship of the Outer Banks. The goat ship. <laughs> while doing while doing this, every time I wrote ghost, it would change it to goat. That's I had hilarious. To change it back so many fucking times. That's why you looked real fast to see if it was actually. Yeah, I'm I like, saw did you. I leave it in there. <laughs> Fuck. The Carol A. Deering remains an unsolved mystery. Accounts of the crew's alleged dissatisfaction with new <laughs> Captain W. B. Warmel has led to speculation that a mutiny may have occurred. While the FBI's investigation turned up leads ranging from Bolshevik sympathizing pirates to rum running gangsters, all of which turned out to be dead ends. Some people have suggested that the notorious Bermuda Triangle was to blame, like we discussed in our episode uh, about so the Bermuda Triangle. I forgot to, uh, forgot to, I actually deleted the first line of the next one that actually tells, it just goes into the story without saying anything about what the ship is. Okay, and uh, so what is this next ship we're talking about? Uh, it is called the Orang Medan. <laughs> the Orangutan? Orangutan. It's called the Orang Medan. <laughs> Uh, this is probably my favorite story of all. So according to the story, at some point of time in or around June of 1947, and others list the approximate date as early February of 1948, two American ves vessels in, uh, navigating the Straits of Malacca. 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 My name is Bob Maluga Luga 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 That's Luga. from Odyssey. Five Lugas. Anyone? <laughs> anyone ever seen that? Well, that yeah. sounds familiar, but it's uh um uh, it's the Hunchback in Notre Dame, but it's the guy that went to high school. It's like a total '80s horrible movie where the Hunchback know, goes to high school. It's it's so stupid. Anyway, the city of Baltimore and the Silver Star, among others, passing by, picked up. I think they named ships after cities. Yeah, <laughs> the Straits of Malacca, the city of Baltimore, and the Silver Star, among others passing by, picked up several distress messages from the nearby Dutch merchant ship, the Orang Medan. A radio operator aboard the troubled vessel sent the following message in Morse code, uh, quote, SOS from Orang Medan. We float, all officers, including the captain, dead in the chart room and on the bridge, probably whole of crew dead. <laughs> and down here, you'll float too. <laughs> Sorry, that I had to do it. No <laughs> Second, I saw that we float. I was like, yeah. "Oh shit!" Yeah. So yeah, that's a pretty uh, messed up Morse code there. There's more. A few confused dots and dashes of Morse code later, two words came through clearly. They were, "I die." He did. <laughs> he did. I say you. He did. <laughs> he did. The Colonel. The, the, I say you. He did. What's the matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> then, after that chilling message, there was nothing more heard of. <laughs> When the Silver Star crew eventually located and boarded the apparently undamaged Orang Medan in an attempt to add a rescue, the ship was found littered with corpses, including the carcass of a dog. 
Every oh man, they gotta kill the dog. Well, it I may have just died. You'll see. Yeah. We'll find out. Maybe. Maybe. With, with the dead bodies found sprawled on their backs, uh, the frozen and allegedly badly frightened faces of the deceased upturned to the sun above, with mouths gaping open and eyes staring straight ahead, with the corpses resembling horrible caricatures. No survivors were located and no visible signs of injuries on the dead bodies were observed. So it's like the ring, the movie The Ring. Right, that's what I'm envisioning on this. Yeah. 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 Just as the ship was to be prepared for a tow by the Silver Star to a nearby, nearby port, a fire then suddenly broke out in the ship's number four cargo hold. Oh, damn it. I know, right? Forcing the boarding party to <laughs> hastily... Number four. <laughs> it's always number four. Forcing the boarding party to hastily evacuate the doomed Dutch freighter, thus preventing any further investigations to be carried out. Soon after, the Orang Medan was witnessed exploding before finally sinking. Holy shit. Yeah, it's a... Some hypothesize that the Orang Medan might have been involved in smuggling operations of chemical substances such as a combination of potassium cyanide and nitroglycerin. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> or even wartime <laughs> stocks of nerve agents. Well, that's the thing that I took out of this is if you look at the time frame, it's, it's right around World War II when everything was going down. Which would make sense if they were carrying <clears throat> that kind of... And it would also make certain sense... Search, it, it would make sense that how everybody was killed or right. died. Right. And, I mean, maybe one of those agents actually leaked and that's, you know what I'm saying? If only they could jump over the boat into the water to be safe. Yeah, but if you're on the boat and all of a sudden know, these the, gaseous the spoons, realize yeah. what's going on, like it's like carbon monoxide. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I would just jump over the boat and live, but that's me. Right, that's true. You would, Jeff. So according to these theories, seawater would have entered the ship's hold, reacting with the cargo to release toxic gases which then caused the crew to succumb to asphyxia and or poisoning. Later, the seawater would have retract or reacted with the nitroglycerin, causing the reported fire and explosion. That all makes sense to me. Because yeah. nitroglycerin is an extremely volatile oh, yeah. um, you substance. Drop that shit, man. Yeah, it's like, I remember watching the old uh, Western movies with my dad, and they take like a little itty-bitty, like out of uh, some TNT or something like yeah. that, and they take like a pin and then, and, then, and then throw it down, boom, and it'd go off. And I don't know if it's that volatile, but it, it wasn't. It, it also is. froze it Wesley be, yeah. Snipes and Judge Dredd, and he was able to kick his head off. That wasn't Judge that Dredd. Wasn't... Yeah. No. Well, Demolition Man. Demolition Same Man. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back. Let's go round two, buddy. <laughs> Demolition Man is an amazing movie. I heard they were going to remake that. I did, too. They better not do that. That would suck. So another theory is that the ship was transporting um, uh, nerve gas, which the Japanese military had been storing in China during the war, and which was handed over to the U.S. military at the end of the war. No U.S. ship could transport it as it would leave a paper trail. It was therefore loaded onto a non-registered ship for transport to the U.S. or an island in the Pacific. One researcher puts forward the theory that an undetected smoldering fire or malfunction in the ship's boiler system might have been responsible for the shipwreck. Escaping carbon monoxide would have caused the deaths of all on board, with the fire slowly spreading out of control, leading to vessel's ultimate destruction. That is crazy. Yeah. Public interest in the story of the Orang Medan is reflected in correspondence sent to the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency. In December 1959, C.H. Mark Jr. of Scottsdale, Arizona, sent a private letter to the director of the CIA, Alan Dulles. Within the letter, Mark first asked the recipient of the letter if they believe the story of the Orang deals with, quote, something from the unknown, then retells the story of the Orang, the Orang and its sinking. The letter was released to the public on May 5th of 2003. The person to whom Mark wrote remains redacted by the CIA, but in the letter, Mark references an earlier writing he sent on May 29th, 1958. It was an answered briefly, quote, on behalf of Mr. Dulles by the, quote, assistant to the director, who takes a dis dismissive tone. This response, released May 7th, 2002, establishes the CIA as the recipient. Yeah, That's crazy. That's 
So what other, a freaking crazy ass story. So the other crazy thing though about that is there is because the ship was not registered ever, and uh there's very little um like proof that he was the ship was even real. There's a lot of people that don't think this ever actually happened. Oh really? Like that it's a fake like oh, there's, tale. there's so many of those people out there. But Can't like sit here, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I don't like, believe anything you say. And then, so when I was doing the research, I found the shit out about the CIA. I was like, why would why would people be writing the CIA if nobody if they don't think it's a real right? Like if it didn't really happen, you know. But then you start thinking about uh, it, and the CIA is involved, and all of a sudden people are like, smoke oh, a pot, no, fucker. No, there was there was never a ship. This is all bullshit. Like, so to me, and this is just me using some sort of cognitive reasoning here. It sounds to me <laughs> we don't do that. Yeah, I know. Why, why not, do that's that? That's not a thing. Sorry, I'm an American. I should never do that. Anyway, just kidding. <laughs> no one should ever. Yeah. Do that. So just thinking like. Let's just say hypothetically that it was used uh, for transporting this stuff or whatever. Of course, the CIA is going to get at least asked about this because, Absolutely. you know what I mean? They're going to, people are going to want to know or they're going to have some information of pertaining why this was actually, these these things were being sent over. I mean, when you got agents like, you know, again, the nitroglycerin and uh, what was the other one? Um, I can't uh, potassium cyanide, which yeah. is fucking cyanide, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we've got to remember, you said this was back when? World War II time? Like 48-ish, I believe okay. it was. What was the one thing that they used to put in their little teeth and their capsules or whatever so they could kill cyanide themselves? Cap- cyanide yeah. capsules. Hail Hydra. So maybe what they were doing was transporting this stuff in order to use it for nefarious purposes. And right. then it went ass backwards. And right. again, they said it didn't want to have a paper trail. Right. You know, I don't know, man. It sounds it's pretty fucking... Yeah. crazy man it's, i absolutely uh, love that it's a cool story there's a lot of shit out there on it but uh it's it's there's a lot of stuff but at the same time there's not much like detailed because it was kind of like this weird you know thing they've never found the wreck yeah um, that's crazy that'd be one of those things man if you came across that wreck like diving or something you'd be fucking instant millionaire Oh, because, because of it, yeah. Because, because of what it is. People and, just yeah. don't know what the hell's going on with it. There's a, there's a lot of crazy shit. There's like stories out there about that too, man. There are so many like big, like famous ships that went down and we've never found them. You know what I mean? Like how long, look at how long it took him to find the fucking Titanic. It took him forever. That Caribbean cruise line I talked about, <laughs> 780 people just gone. I mean, and no one followed up with it. Like that's the Not fucked up part. There's a, uh, there's a lot of... <laughs> I just, I just kind of ignore. Yeah, him. we just, we, we just ignore him here, folks. <laughs> the, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of them too, um, which I thought was interesting. Ships making like the north, like the passages up north, like through the Arctic and shit, just getting stuck in the ice, and, right? And people having to abandon ship because they can't go anywhere. And then what are you going to do when you abandon ship and you're stuck in the ice up in the, you know, yeah, the cold so and a lot frigid? Of times you those, fucking swim. They'll either disappear. <laughs> there was one story. Um, I think it's. I think the ship was called the like the Bechimo or something. It's another popular one that people look for, and uh, that one like the crew got stuck in ice, so they they got off the ship and went to like they found a village like a local village. And they're like, "Fuck it, we'll just wait till it kind of undoes itself and we'll be fine." And then like the one night, someone was like, "Uh, dude, your ship's like forty. Oh my god, <laughs> it's like out in the ocean." <laughs> Could you imagine that? And they were like, "Oh fuck!" So they ran and they. Uh, That's freaking amazing. They were they were unable to get back on board of the ship. And then the thing ended up like sailing around for years. People were spotting it for years after that, like in the, up north, like in the Arctic and shit like that. That's it's hilarious. I think they eventually, I think eventually somebody got the ship back though. Can you imagine being the guy, like the captain or something like that? And it's not your ship. It's somebody else's. And they're like, <laughs> You're just Captain saying, Daring. Hey, your ship. He walks out like, oh, fuck. 
Listen, you just this was it, not my fault. You see it floating away, you're just like, yeah. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot to use the emergency brake, didn't you? <laughs> the emergency anchor. Anchors away, my friend. So now I think it's time for my favorite freaking spot of the entire episode. Let's do it. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our news segment, WTF. Or as I like to say, what the so something really odd happened to me this weekend. Oh, boy. Well, what was that, Jeff? I went grocery shopping on Friday morning. <laughs> that but, is odd. Yeah. <laughs> right? So far, I'm intrigued. So mm. I go over to my local grocery store and I pull in. And usually when I'm hunting a perfect parking spot for grocery shopping, I like to park right next to the cart vestibule. Oh, so yeah, me too. I love you it. can okay. unload yeah, yeah. and just walk over put the cart and be done which is funny because a lot of people actually don't like parking there because they're afraid they're going to get their car hit with a cart yeah but no one puts the fucking carts back i think you're pretty safe yeah, yeah. that's true okay so i find i pull in i find a spot right in the center next to the the cart return and there's a white ford ranger truck and then an open spot and then the cart vestibule right very nice so i pull in and plenty of room like you know inside the yellow lines by like a half a foot get out do my shopping about a half hour later, I come out, loading up my groceries, and this guy approaches me in in overhauls, okay, were with, you, with you, a mask were on. You in your Jeep as well? Yeah. So that doesn't take up very much space anyway. No, it's it's small. So the guy approaches me, and he's like, hey, buddy, you got a minute? And I'm thinking, oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, what's up? And I'm loading my groceries in. He's like, let me show you something. I'm like, oh, this is how, this is how I die. <laughs> a guy so, in overalls is going to kill me in the parking lot. He walks over to where the front of my car is. So well, I walk let me over show there. show you something. Yeah. Fire marshal bill. Yeah. He points at my window, my driver's side window. He's like, you see that? And I was like, yeah, that bird shit. Because there's just like this big white glob on my side window. He's like, yeah. He's like that asshole in the White Ranger. He's like, he fucking spit on your window. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, I seen him do it. He was, he was a bigger guy and he couldn't fit in the driver's side of his truck. Even though there was like a foot and a half room, I was within the yellow lines. Okay. So he got mad. He got into the passenger side, rolled down the window, and just hawked this nasty bird shit loogie on my window. Oh, Are you serious, dude. dude? So this guy's like, this guy's an asshole. He's like, you need to go in there. And they have cameras. I'm thinking, it's just spit, whatever. I mean, it's still fucked up. We're in a pandemic. I'm like, what well, this dude has COVID or whatever. Right, you right. Know what I mean? Yeah, which is even worse. Because so technically, couldn't you be charged for that now? Aren't yeah, they charging yeah, people? Yeah, could be. He's like, I would call the cops if I were you. And he goes, here. He's like, I got his license plate number. He wrote it on a receipt. That's amazing. So his license plate number, if you guys are internet sleuths. Oh, yeah. Fuck this guy. Come on, passengers. JBG8148. That's JBG8418. 8148. 8148. All right. He's in a white Ford Ranger. So. I'm thinking, and this guy's like, man, I would, I would call the cops, and I would go in, or they got cameras. I'm like, all right, I appreciate, it, thank you, whatever. So wait, was he still in the the, the guy that did it still in the no, store? No, he was time? Long gone. Oh, Okay. So I'm like, man, this is fucked, up. and it's it looked like bird shit. Like I have never seen a hawker like that. You know what I mean? It's like wow. That's he, he, I'm sure he, if the guy couldn't fit into his fucking car, he was yeah. that big. He was probably not in the greatest. And he probably health. saved up quite a bit to do that too. So he's probably sitting there like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm thinking like, you know what? I'm not going to fat shame this guy and I'm not going to do any of that. You know what? I'm thinking I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm thinking maybe this guy likes food and he likes to the position that he's in. You know, maybe he's comfortable. Maybe he's like, well, fuck it. I'm going to eat and I'm going to look the way I want to look. And, you know, I was cool with that. So I'm thinking, you know, 
how could I turn this into a positive? So I got a hold of my buddies at Mushmouth Records. And I was like, <laughs> oh, listen, nice. I was like, guys, do you have any like jams about eating food? Because I feel like this guy needs a playlist for like, when he's munching on all his goodies. You know what I mean? Right. So they're like, well, here, they sent me this. Mushmouth Records presents jams you can really stuff your face to. How about delicious tracks like Chocolate Syrup by Tay Zonday? Chocolate Syrup. Pour it on everything you eat. Chocolate Syrup. You want to jam out to the weekend? Take another bite. Pumpkins bring you honey. From the police, every slice you take.
nothing more hearty than meatloaf sandwiched by the dashboard lights. Alanis said, we've since replaced it with Lady Gaga, chocolate cake. Remember, next time you want to stuff your face and then try and get into a car that you can't fit into because you parked in the right spot, but you're too goddamn overweight because you ate too many goddamn cupcakes. Listen to Mushmouth Eats. So that's for that guy. <laughs> Everybody's got to have some jams, right? That's that's his. What happened at the end of that Lady Gaga song? She was... Uh... She sounded like she was having too much fun. Yeah. Is what it sounded like. Is that like the uh, unedited, just the unedited version? No, I lost my shit. I left it in there because it was just I don't know. Dude, that that it's so it's like cha 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 cha. I just it was too funny. Oh, that's amazing! All right, passengers, listen. We hope you've enjoyed your ride on ghost ships. Woo! All right, so listen, you guys uh, keep on voting on there too because we've got all kinds of cool shit that we want you guys to you know pick. And if you got ideas, man, send them over to us. You know what I mean? Because we'd love to hear what you guys 
you know, want us to do next. And uh, like I said, we've got the you pick the episode button on our Facebook page. And uh, don't forget to sign up over on the group because the group is expanding and it is so much fun. Uh, I've actually been. Oh, good <laughs> for you. I've been enjoying it quite, quite, quite awesomely lately. Um, I, uh, I just want to take a really quick second to apologize. Too late. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll kill you. I just. Uh, kill no, you, I, am, uh, I am. I am temporarily off of Facebook, so I apologize for not being around on the forum. Were you yes. banned? Um, no, no, no. Not nothing like that. I'm just taking a break. Oh yeah, I That's wish all. I could too. Just personal reasons and thing, yeah, you know, just whatever. But I'll be back. Uh, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder and all of that. So I, uh, I will be back. I apologize, but uh, when I come back, I'll be stronger than ever. It's gonna I be have no doubt. Ah, there Thank it is. You. Thank you. And listen, don't forget to head on over to the Midnight Train Podcast dot com and at our website, you can buy some super sweet merchandise, which I've noticed super a lot of people. Sweet. They've been picking up some shirts and some hats and stuff, and it's awesome. So make sure you get in there, and we will donate 10% of every sale to the National Association on Mental Illness. If you or someone you know is struggling with any mental health issues, call the NAMI, and that's NAMI, helpline at 1-800-950-6264. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Or in a crisis, text NAMI to 741741 because mental health is no joke take care of yourselves folks especially right now shit's fucking weird out here so do what you got to do take care of yourself and don't forget to send us all your creepy little stuffs your little shits your cards your your crazy dolls if you're out at a freaking garage sale and you happen to come across something that would be on that you think we'd like to have here at the uh the train station send that to the midnight train podcast p.o box 38206 Olmstead Falls, Ohio. That's O-L-M-S-T-E-D Falls, Ohio, 44138. And listeners keep asking how they can keep the steam in our engines. Well, you know what? If you like what you hear from us, consider being a producer of the show by heading over to the MidnightTrainPodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon button. For as little as five bucks a month, you can get all kinds of cool shit, uh, like a custom shirt, custom poster, uh, custom sticker, bonus episodes, and a lot more. So if you're a diehard Midnight Train fan and you want to help produce this motherfucker, our Patreon is for you. For those of you that would rather just leave a one-time donation to help us out, you can send that over to PayPal and uh, use the email address, uh, let's see, the Midnight Train Podcast at gmail.com. Also, you can easily like, subscribe, and rate us on your favorite podcast platform, and most importantly, share the Midnight Train to everyone. Make sure you're subscribing on our YouTube channel as well. It takes only a couple of minutes, and word of mouth is how we're going to get more passengers on this train and continue to bring you guys weekly episodes. We honestly can't thank you guys enough for all the love and support we get from you. Truthfully, you passengers keep this motherfucker moving. So thank you guys all so much for listening. And as we always do at the end of the episode here, here is the list of all you amazing, amazing passengers. All right. So a big fucking midnight train shout out to where's my drum roll. Fuck. Sorry. Sorry. Motherfucker. There it is. To Kevin, Matt, Diana, Christopher, Jacqueline, Katie, Michaela, Tommy Pizza Box, The Sister Skeleton. Make sure you check out The Sister Skeleton Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Riley, Diane, Alina, Stephanie, Julie, Laura, Cynthia, Kirsten, Dawn, Nicola, Chanel, Alex, Emily Ann, Son of Vasco, Alicia, Frandipai, Danny, Melissa, Grace, Stormy, Eva, Rob at the Fun Box, fun box Podcast. Sorry, fun, Rob. Fun <laughs> Make sure you check them out. Those guys are actually Love really fucking cool. Bags. That's the Fun Box Podcast. Melissa, Wayne, Victoria, Hager, Sean, Chainsaw, Jigsaw, Bill's son, Colin, uh, Todd, David V, Justin K, Juan, Belen, Ken and Brad at Voodoo Vodka, Chef Kevin, Katie, Davey, our Mexican Vato, and a very special thank you to our producers, 
Chad Flint, Cheryl Pierce, Chris McLeod, Christina Skelton, Jessica Bartolome, Bill Birch, and Samantha Pickworth. Whee! Yeah, if you want your... <laughs> Beautiful. That Beautifully was, done. That was perfect. I'm pretty sure you meant to do what, Moody? Uh, I meant to do this. Yay, that's for all of you guys. <laughs> even though some of you... The banjo is probably even more fitting, so that's okay, because that's fitting for me. And if you guys want your name to be mentioned on the show, sign up as a member on our website or become a Patreon producer. All right. So, guys, you have anything you guys want to say? Don't post about the movie Ghost Ship. It was terrible. It was a waste okay, of film. Hold on. Real quick. I do want to say this, though, since you brought that up. <clears throat> the movie is not great, but the opening scene is one of my favorite opening scenes of all time. Really? I fucking love it. With a, yeah, it's great, dude. It's great. In a, uh, in a good movie, it would have been even better. You got to take it apart from yeah, the rest I guess of the movie. You're right. It's awesome, dude. All right, so I have not actually. Uh, I don't remember the movie. I've seen it, but I don't remember the movie. The so. opening the opening scene is like pretty much the only redeeming quality of the movie. All right. So, Moody, you got anything else you want to say? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt Jeff. If you have anything else, please. No, I'm good. Okay. Sign the petition. <laughs> you got two signatures currently we need at least 30 okay you don't need to sign the petition because i never put the kibosh on the word of the day i'm pretty sure though we did pretty well with the the whistle fuff or whatever it is whistle poof whistle poof whistle poof was actually oh, the whistle poof app remember yeah. give us five poofs yeah everyone out there give us five poofs on the whistle poof app yeah <laughs> and the last one's gonna go and it goes and if no, oh, there you go. And then if it if you if you get like one poof, if you like real bad, that's a phantom a phantom steamer. Yeah. The phantom steamer. That's the, that's the low end of yeah. it right there. So listen, make sure you guys are paying attention. If you're Patreon subscribers and Patreon producers, you guys will be able to hear the bonus episode that's going to be dropping on the 27 Club after the episode episode. So make sure you guys are listening. And as we always say, and we always do right about this time. Choo-choo, motherfuckers! Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Christmas tomorrow. Handy. Hand, 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 handy. All the expensive things you could ever want. To sleep now, all of you. He's such a pure boy. Handy. It's drafty in here, handy. Hand, 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 handy. I have no doubt. I'd give him a nice big piece of my mind. You shall have all the pretty little iPads. Wow, handy. Hand, 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 handy. It's drafty in here, handy.